Episode 135 of Australia's number one marketing show. Ready for some tips and tricks for effectively promoting a professional services business? <laughs> that was a mouthful. Then you'd better listen up. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now here's your host, Tim Reid. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 135 of your favourite small business marketing podcast. I am your host, Timbo Reid. You are a motivated small business owner who is wanting to crank out some very good marketing in order to grow your small business. And we are brought to you by People Who Care. That's right, our very good friends at Net Registry who get your online marketing sorted. And that is every aspect of your online marketing from domain name registration, website design, Facebook advertising, social media, pay-per-click, all that stuff that troubles many small business owners. It doesn't doesn't trouble Net Registry, that's for sure, because they nail it. Um, if you go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, click on the net registry banner, you will be taken to three exclusive packages that are put together for you, the listener. Welcome to everyone from the Flying Solo community as well. Righto, let's get stuck in to the juicy stuff. I've got a listener question. It's about public speaking as a marketing tool. I want to give you an update on what is happening in the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, and then I want to introduce you to a very long-time listener and friend of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, Heather Smith, who is going to join me around the fire for a fireside chat about how to market a professional services business interesting stuff. She's also a prolific author, lots to talk about there. However, first and foremost, I have a listener question from Ryan about public speaking. Let's have a listen to it. Hi, Tim. My name's Ryan Clark, and I have a small business called Cactus Skincare. We're a natural skincare company based in Sydney. I've only just discovered your show recently, and I've enjoyed your content a lot. Recently, though, you mentioned that public speaking can be a great marketing opportunity, and that struck a chord with me, and I would love to do it, but I have no idea who I should be approaching to make this happen or what I should be offering. Do you have any suggestions? Thanks, Tim. Great question, Ryan. Uh, clearly, you have heard me speak before about my passion for public speaking as a marketing tool, as a marketing strategy for all small businesses. It's as scary as hell, but it doesn't mean you should avoid it. Um there's so many reasons to do public speaking. I, I'm pretty sure I've covered them all in past episodes. Suffice to say, it gives you amazing leverage, positions you as an opinion leader, gets you out and about in front of your prospects. You know, there's three good ones to start with. Now, Ryan, you ask who to approach and what to offer. Okay, let's tackle those one by one. Who to approach? First of all, in order, in fact, in order to decide the answer to both those questions, get clear on your editorial mission. What are you going to speak about? Because when you know what you're going to speak about, it's going to be really easy to structure that and to identify groups who are going to want to listen to that. I wonder whether your editorial mission should be something around affordable skincare. I've had a look at your website. It seems to be what you do. So let's just say, for example, that you are the guy who gets out there in front of people and talks about affordable, high-quality skincare. That is what you keep coming back to. If that's the case, who to approach? I would say mother's groups. I would say 
people in gyms. I'd be looking for people who are who are concerned about the way they look. Yeah. So and, and mothers groups, I also say because they would be high users of skincare products anyway. Uh, gym people in gyms, even cha- this sounds like a wacky one, but chambers of commerce because small business owners, we got to look after ourselves. We have to get you know, that that beautiful complexion we all want. But you know, like it's a that's a fact. You know, as an insight into small business owners, um, we could be all looking after ourselves a bit better. Part of that is skincare. So there's some of the groups. I'm sure there's many, many more. But if you get clear on your editorial mission, who to approach, all of a sudden becomes a whole lot easier. Okay, so back to the editorial mission: affordable, high-quality skincare. What do you offer? I guess by that question, Ryan, you mean, you know, what do you talk about? Well, number one, we all need a story to tell. If we're going to be a public speaker, if we're going to do public speaking, you need a story to tell because stories engage people. They pull people towards you. They get you, they get them leaning in towards you. So you've got a great story to tell. I've read it on your website about how you and your mum went out and you couldn't find, it was particularly your mum, you know, she couldn't find affordable skincare that was made naturally from local products and all that. And she really kind of went into some detail about the journey she went on to end to then finally develop her own range. You know, it's um, it's one of those great uh, entrepreneurial stories. So you've got that to tell. Other things you could do is, this is a bit controversial, but you could lift the lid on the skincare industry, a bit like Dove did, you know, with that famous Dove video um, showing, taking um, an average looking woman off the street and turning her into a supermodel through the power of Photoshop and all that type of stuff and ended up putting her on the cover of a, of a fake magazine. So lifting the lid on the skincare industry, you know, the secrets that we all, we, we should know, but we don't, that type of stuff. Tips and tricks on maintaining healthy skincare for all ages. And how do I know what to buy? You know, I've just come through um, Duty Free Customs uh, this week, having come back from Vietnam. And just again, you know, I talked about choice in last week's episode as well. And I'm just astounded at just how much choice there is in the skincare industry. So I think any brand that puts their hand up and says, I'll help make that choice easier by identifying exactly your skin type and what you need is going to win at the end of the day. So there's some things to offer. What I do with my speaking is I have a number of different topics that I cover. You can go to timreid.com.au. That's my marketing speaker's site where I cover the topics. For each one of those topics, I have a master slide deck. So if I get tapped on the shoulder today to say, hey, Timbo, will you go and speak at our event tomorrow? Happy days. I've got that slide deck right there. I always tailor and personalize the slide deck. But if you are going to identify the stories that you want to tell, then it's incumbent upon you to get those stories prepared, get that slide deck happening and any other resources you need. So Ryan, great question. I'm a, I'm a lover of public speaking, and I encourage you to get out there and do it. I hope this helped. And if you do, the other thing I encourage you to do is at least audio record it, if not video it. Uh, that's great because it's content. Um, you can be constructively critical with yourself when you watch it back and see where the areas of improvement are. Um, and it's just like, because one of the things we're speaking is if you don't record it, it goes off into the stratosphere, never to be heard or seen again. So why not record it and create content from that, put it on your website, etc. All right. Thanks, Ryan. If you have a listener question, go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, hit on the voicemail tab. You can record me a question just with a push of a button. 
or you can email me a question. I have got so many questions banked up and I do apologize. I will get to them over the course of time. So stick around. I might even try to answer a listener question per show. Uh, The Small Business Big Marketing Forum is cranking along at a great pace. And let me just go to it now while I uh, do it on the hop. And we've got some great topics happening here. In the last week, um, one business is saying, what could what could I do? What could I do with my Facebook? Um, getting ideas beyond just posting updates. How could they maximize their use of Facebook? So there's some good discussion happening there. Um, I've posted a post about a thread about marketing voyeurism, a term I coined a number of years ago. I believe it's the cheapest research you'll ever do. I go into detail on that. Um, I also share a post about a little video tip that's so far given me 100% conversion every time I do it. I know, crazy, 100% conversion. Promise I've done more than one, but that's a little video tip I share in the forum. Um, We've got other people seeking website feedback and all sorts of stuff going on. If you want to join 49 bucks a month recurring, hello, how cheap is that? I get in there every day. Let's have a marketing discussion. Join the Small Business Big Marketing Forum by going to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and clicking on the forum button or going to the products page and doing the same. You'll love it. Love to see you in there. Okay, what else have we got? Heather Smith, today's guest. It is time to light the small business big marketing fire because we have a fireside pachat. Pre- pre- <laughs> Get those words out, Timbo. I've still got a bit of um, Saigon belly. Don't know whether I mentioned that last episode, but I came back with a bit of a funny tummy. Not only had my iPhone snatched from me, but came back with a bit of lurgy as well. Going beautifully there. Now, Heather Smith. First and foremost, Heather is a long-time listener of this show, uh, and I love that. So first, thank you so much, Heather. I think I thanked her during the interview. Got a bit mushy. But she's also a management consultant who has some great opinions on how to market a professional services business, and that's what this interview is all about. She's also a prolific author, as you're about to find out. She's writing some of those, you know, um, dummies books too. She's also a prolific author. Recently launched the book Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days, and that's what I'm here to chat with her about. In fact, she was approached to write this book as a direct result of her regular small business tweets. That's right. She got approached by a publisher to write a book as a result of being a Twitterer. And let me tell you, she is a prolific Twitterer. Um, So in this fireside chat I recently had with Heather, we talk about how to effectively market a professional services business. A lot of the tips and tricks we talk about, I believe, apply to any type of business. So enjoy. Pen and paper at the ready, guys. It's one of those episodes, and I'll see you on the other side. Here's Heather. Heather Smith from Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days, the book. Welcome to Small Business Big Marketing. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I am so excited. This is kind of like the the pinnacle so far. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, well, we'll wrap it up there and... Uh, <laughs> You can get Heather's book. No, that's great. I know you've been a long-time listener to this show, and I, I love, <laughs> I just love the fact that um, I can't take any fame for your book writing or anything like that, but I do love it when I come across a listener who, um, had, you've been with me a long time, and you're doing great stuff. You're out there, yeah. you're publishing books and building a wonderful personal brand. Yeah, and I listen to you all the time. I listen to all of the podcasts that Stop come out. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. You're the one. Hey, um... Now, first of all, first things first, 
Yes. Happy birthday, Heather. Oh, thank you. What thank a, you. Do you have what? a special birthday treat for me? Yes, I do. Uh, insert, do you? Insert jingle. Oh, no, I want Lukey to come on and sing me <laughs> happy birthday. Well, okay. I will. I might just chase that down. He's in, um, where is he? He's, um, Prague. He's in he Prague. Really- Rob. Yeah, yeah. Hobnobbing it up with, you know, the, the, it's the corporate life. The they get, they get fat. Frog. They get wow. fat, Heather. <laughs> hey? Uh, leaves the, he leaves the small business podcasting world. Well, and he left and you lost heaps of weight because I went back and looked at all the old show notes and it's like, wow, he left and you've slimmed down and it's amazing. <laughs> uh, that is interesting. I must look yeah. into that first. What's the connection there? Yeah. So, so look, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. And and well done on what you're doing. So, you know, you've got this Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days, which uh, – is a very good book. And then you tell me, just before I hit record, that oh, you, do you realise I've got another four books coming out this year? Yes, it's a bit insane. But, yes, I have been in hibernation for the last four months, writing like 15 hours a day, uh, just to, to, to rip that crown off Andrew Griffith's head <laughs> of the most prolific writer in Australia. That is prolific. So- um, have you really been? Uh, we're not here to talk book publishing because I want to talk about professional services mm, marketing, absolutely. but I, I cannot. I cannot avoid. Like, have you really been bunkered down for fifteen hours a day, or just? Oh really- yeah, yeah. I would get up at maybe five in the morning. I'd write for two hours, maybe have half hour with the kids, then would write through for about nine hours, um, half hour for dinner, and then write through till probably about two in the morning. And I was averaging about four to five hours sleep. I worked all through Christmas. I worked Christmas Day. I worked New Year's Day. I didn't buy anyone any Christmas presents. I just sent them an email saying, sorry, I'm writing. You're not getting anything. Don't buy me anything. We're not doing anything. Um, Well done, Scrooge. Yeah. (laughs) My daughter lay at my feet for like the school holidays because that was the only way she could get attention from me. Now, (laughs) hang on. This is – I find this fascinating on so many levels. Um, (laughs) Creativity. I mean, that amount of time in front of a screen. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to personalise this. So coming at it from my point of view, couldn't sit there for that long. Um, yep. Tried to once, ended up having spinal surgery. Yes. Um, secondly, um, like, yeah, I mean, how, how does one be creative for that extended so, amount of time? As I'm coming up towards the end of the day, I work out what I'm going to write about tomorrow. I pull it into my head and then I go to sleep. And overnight, I think about it as I'm sleeping and, and, and work out what I'm going to write about as I'm thinking. So I don't exactly understand how that works, mm. but you hear Paul McCartney wakes up in the middle of the night and writes a story or, or writes a best-selling song. song. Yeah. And so I'm very much, okay, what I'm going to write about, I, n- I need to know what I'm going to write about tomorrow, the night before, work it into my brain and then go to sleep on it and bang get up in the morning, structure, and just go for it. And if I at any point stop and, and, and run out of stuff, I have to move that chapter aside and start working on another chapter and keep working on that chapter. And then we'll draw back on the, the previous chapter I, I had stored on. So just constantly writing. So I had to pull out 2,000 words a day right. to meet my deadline. Do, um, what's, it do, <laughs> what's it do? Now I'm going to move from that to what, what does that do physically to you? Does it affect you? Do you have you got have you got a sore back or sore? I've hands? got a sore. I've got a sore back, and um, I, and I put on weight during that period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, physically, I don't. I, 
I didn't listen to any podcast during that time. Right. I can't have my brain. We might wrap this up here. We might yeah. just have to wrap that up. <laughs> I yeah. can't have my brain thinking about anything else. Yeah. So I wouldn't watch TV. I wouldn't listen to any podcast. And I would, on, a, on like, if I took walks, I, I physically had went out for a walk and I would work out, okay, what am I going to write about next? Um, and and be, it was because, it wasn't because I was insane. I had a deadline I had to meet. I had a contractual deadline that I had to meet. Right. okay. Um, and I... Yeah, I just I, I didn't talk with people. I said no, I can't talk with you. I went into hibernation. And I know that Andrew Griffith says that. Well, when he writes a book, he goes away for about two weeks mm. to to write a book, and he goes into hibernation. So I just kind of got I've got to pull it out, and hopefully, you know, what I've done and pulled it together it, it is really good um, in the long run. Well done. Um, well, I've got to ask then why. I mean, the, the obvious answer is well, you wanted to be an author, and you wanted okay, to, so you know, I. I, I I've always wanted to write and the opportunity mm-hmm. came to write and I was asked to initially write my first book, which is um, MYAB, which perhaps um, while I, I, I uh, use that product in front of it, wasn't necessarily the book I wanted to write. And then the next book opportunity came along. Then I was approached and they said, uh, well, well, in fact, the, the, the CEO of Zero, Rod Drury, approached me and said, well, hey, how about you write a book for us? So I then took that to my publisher's and they said, well, how about we up your ante and put you into the dummies range? And so I then went through a, a, an appro- sort of a, a, an assessment process to see if I was um, worthy of being a dummies author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to do that. Yeah, so, so it was kind of going up that, that, that credibility level in the um, author stakes. The opportunity to write, I know, th- I know, don't fall asleep, but the opportunity to write an accounting an accounting textbook in the dummies range only comes along once in a decade. And uh, so I was extremely excited about that. And I was extremely excited about writing for the cloud range. And, and you know, I, I actually sat down with uh, your friend of mine, Valerie Koo, over dinner and said, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? This is going to kill me. And she goes, what else are you going to do over Christmas? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Two scrooges. Yeah, you know what she's like. So I was like, okay, I better do this. Wow. Oh, well, that's that's amazing. Well done. You clearly have a passion for small business. So I reckon we should <laughs> – should let's talk small business and let's talk Definitely. small business big marketing. Funny about that. So now here's the thing. You and I agree. I'm looking at um, looking at the press release from your publisher and um, I think we both both agree there's never been a better time to run and to market a small business, hey? Absolutely. It, it's so exciting. It's amazing what you can do within a small business and, and, and what, what I see and, and, and I'm sure perhaps what you see people are doing out of their garages is just incredible. It is incredible, uh, absolutely incredible. And, you know, you, your book, I mean, it's, you put a time limit on it. You say seven days, small business yeah. startup in seven days, and it's kind of like tick those key milestones of, you know, marketing and finances and all those things and, you can be away. It's like... Yeah. Well, I kind of think that, okay, if you're sitting in an employee space or in a space where you want to start a business, starting a business is a lot of overtime. So if you get this book and, and you go, okay, I do my normal whatever I'm doing, but then work through the additional three hours in the evening every night through this actual book, it will give me a comprehensive understanding of where I need to be and what I need to do. Yeah. And if I can't go through and read a book like this, then I perhaps shouldn't be starting a business. Yeah. Um, if I can't put that extra effort in, and it, there's lots of activities. And in fact, I got a lot of the I got the idea from activities from the activity sheets that you send out in your uh, cha-ching book. Oh, great. 
Yeah, so I put, there's lots of activities in it. And then as I was going through putting all of these activities in, I thought they have to have a purpose. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? And suddenly it dawned on me that they should all pull together into a business plan. So if you actually go through and answer everything, you then flip to the back and it just all sort of fills out into a really comprehensive and detailed business plan. And I think sometimes people are like, oh, that's scary. But as you're doing a small activity, it's not scary. So mm -hmm. I, I, I break it down into these tiny, tiny uh, small elements that you actually think about, you know, what's your business name going to be? Okay, let's work through that. And I know for me, coming up with a business name took me like three months. It was really? insane. But, yeah, so <laughs> but, I, yeah but, but things like that sometimes sort of stop you and so mm -hmm. you can go on to the next activity. But then to pull out, uh, to pull out completely into a business plan, I was really excited about I want to talk about specifically, you've got a whole chapter on marketing and funny, I want to talk about that. And one of the things that I'm really interested in, because listeners of my show will know that I and many of us have a love-hate relationship with social media. Mm -hmm. You have, you are prolific. Not only are you a prolific author, you're, you're a prolific Twitterer. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are and have been for a number of years. And yes. I'm interested to read here. Heather was even approached to write this book as a result of her useful and you her useful small business tweets. Really? Yes. So your first your your approach to write a book came through Twitter. Yes, well, my approach to write the first book came through Twitter, wow. um, and I was I was approached by the acquisitions editor at Wiley. She she emailed me and said, "I've seen you here." Um, and a bit old uh, yeah, she saw and, you on and Twitter and got on the email. <laughs> And, and and I um I was in Sydney at the time and screamed and I think yeah, yeah. that sort of made the news report. So I was like, oh my god, you know, actually being asked to write a book. Yep. But then the next one um, again was uh, Rod Drury, who was uh, as I mentioned before, he tweeted me on 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 uh, through via social media about you know why you're not writing a book about you know my product. Well, let's let's talk yeah. about. Um, marketing of a small business. Mm -hmm. Now, you've got a bent towards accountants and bookkeepers, yes. that kind of space, but yes. I'm sure this has applications right across professional services, what we're going to go through, yeah? Absolutely. So let's start talking about social media mm -hmm. and what role it plays. Okay, so from my perspective, I think some of them are really, really relevant, whereas other ones perhaps I, I wouldn't get involved in. Um, and what I do is is very much what you say, repurpose, re recycle, reuse, what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. So as I'm actually writing, one of the things I do is, is uh, work on constructing really uh, – compact sentences as you go through the process of improving your writing you realize that that your writing has to be very compact and mm -hmm. uh short and so twitter is perfect for that because it's 140 characters so in fact if you've actually read every tweet you don't need to read my books because practically everything i've ever written about in a book has ended up as a tweet yeah, and yeah. i <laughs> And I will then uh, have it linked so it goes through to Facebook, so it goes through to LinkedIn. And from that, it's amazing the um, insights that come back to me and people come back and they disagree with me, which is fantastic, or they agree with me and they add extra insights into it, which I can then bring into the book. So I kind of feel that um, it's actually uh, my books have actually been written by thousands of people because mm -hmm. it, it, it's very much an interactive process. And the Twitter, um, I find that, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I've never been a salesy person. I've never been say, come here and buy this product of me. I've been, you know, you, it, it's, it's uh, Easter holidays are coming up. You better get your invoices out before they, people break because you're not going to get paid over mm-hmm. Easter. Um, so I tell people information and, and hopefully um, that can resonate with them. So, so Twitter I find very useful for that. Um, you have tweeted 47,073 <laughs> updates. That is, yep. you are a machine. Yeah, but and I've written now. I'm on to my, what's it, fifth, sixth book. So yeah, yeah. pretty much every book is out there. That's interesting. Well, I mean, clearly, I mean, that is a great use of Twitter. You've made it, it's kind of, A, what you've said, which I agree with, is that the 140 characters forces upon us um is there a word about succinctness? Is succinct. that a word? Succinct. Yes, yeah, succinct. I think succinct is. Yeah, which I'm not very good at. Um, but it is. I mean, there's beauty in that kind of. Wow, how can I say what I want to say in 140 characters? A, I can only say one thing, and now I'm forced to do it in a limited amount of characters. So that's a good thing. And it secondly, is. what you've done is kind of then curated the stuff that's been on your mind. And the replies you've got back to it via Twitter and yeah. and turn that into content, into a book. Absolutely. Well, that's what, what's what we're always tell, you're, you're always talking about, isn't it? Using it content, is. pushing it out there. And um, now that Twitter, if in case that you, your uh, listeners don't know, you can go into Twitter settings and actually download all past tweets. So uh, you can go and download. So I, I actually went in the other day and downloaded all forty seven. Yeah of them so again (laughs) if you are not in a person who can actually uh, feel that you're necessarily able to blog or write yourself you can actually download them give give them to someone and say look can you pull something together here so a copywriter can easily pull articles together from your thoughts if 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 that's the way you want to go what do you say to the small business so yeah what do you say to the small business startup who says heather i have to be on social media i have to Mm-hmm. Do you uh, go? Oh, okay. Well, then oh, here's how you set up Twitter and Facebook. Or do you challenge them? What do? You, what's your response? I, whenever an accountant or a bookkeeper or someone in that space speaks to me, I say you must be on LinkedIn. I just, just you have to be on LinkedIn because. So, so what? I, I get that. That that makes sense. You okay. know, like, uh, but but um, okay. What does that mean? Because being on LinkedIn means does that mean open an account and populate your profile? Or what? They need to. They need to put out their qualifications. They need to detail what their qualifications are. They need to because people, when they go for heart surgery, want the heart surgeon to have qualifications. When they go to an accountant or a bookkeeper, they want them to have qualifications. I think there's other professions out there that they don't necessarily care about, but I think in that specific area, they do want them to have to to be qualified. Mm. Um, and I think that they should have an overview of who they are. A lot of people just sometimes, I don't know, miss that out completely. An overview of who they are and where they are, perhaps some of their experience and perhaps even what they're looking for um, yeah. to do with themselves. I know mine constantly has on it. Um, I want to have a column in a newspaper and <laughs> no one's rung me up about that yet. <laughs> I've, I've had it on for two years. I figure I'll just, you know, put it out there and see As how As a result it of this interview, you will get a column in the newspaper. <laughs> I won't guarantee it, but funny things have happened. And Timbuktu, small business reporter. That's <laughs> Correct. 
it's still a newspaper. Hey, don't knock it Timbuktu. Is. I'm not um, knocking Timbuktu. <laughs> um, one of the things um, about populating a LinkedIn profile too, because yes. uh, previously Luke and I many episodes ago did interview the CEO of LinkedIn, and no, you, did. <laughs> you know we we clear, we learned that yes. LinkedIn is just full of Google juice. I mean, you Google yourself, and one of the first three things that's going to pop up if you've got it is your LinkedIn profile. Absolutely, definitely. And as a professional services provider, people are Googling your name. Yes, absolutely. And um, with with LinkedIn going on from that, the third thing that I would do, which I know that you, you have done very well, um, is actively ask for recommendations on mm. LinkedIn. Mm. And if there is a specific, so if you are in a professional field and you want to perhaps be an accountant who's getting more mining clients, go to your past mining clients and get them to recommend you and even suggest what they should be saying uh, to, to encourage them to leave that recommendation so the next person who sees it goes, oh, mining industry, that's exactly what we need. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, um, and I, I, I'm not a spammer or a reuser of stuff in terms of that, but I think once it's on LinkedIn, I can use it in any marketing material on my website, wherever. Absolutely. And, and so... It's the easiest place to get recommendations. And I know I'm only I'm sitting on about 30, but I'm like, God, that's enough. I don't even mm. need any more. And mm. I actively went through the first perhaps year on there of getting recommendations. And I was like, yes, mm. you know, I, I, yeah, I feel I kind of really relaxed about that. So you're talking to the professional services business owner. You yep. get them on LinkedIn. After yep. that, what do you uh, say to them about <clears throat> social media? Okay. I would, if they're in a how-to industry, which is accountants and, and bookkeepers, I would consider a YouTube channel. Now, I don't think many mm. people are there are out there doing that, but my YouTube channel isn't uh, Mr. I, will it blend um, capacity, mm-hmm. but it, I have had 15,000 views on it, which uh, and I put up short three- to five-minute videos. And as well as explaining something, it also gives the uh, punter, the potential client, the opportunity to see you and to hear you and to see if you resonate with them because um, it, it does get very personal when you're dealing with clients one-on-one. And if they don't resonate with you, well, then that's completely fine. They need to deal with someone else and that's completely fine. But it, but I, I sometimes find like people will call me up and go, oh, just watch this YouTube video of you come out. I, you know, I don't even need to go through any spiel about what I do yeah, or what yeah, I yeah. do for them. They understand it. They completely get it. And so it saves me a huge amount of time. Um, so I would recommend going through YouTube videos. And I think you did a show on um, using your iPhone Correct. to make videos. It's, yeah. it, it is it is mine. I hope people consider them very polished because I put a lot of work into mine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that they need to be as polished as mine. Um I, I, you know, I was I was coming from a training background, so that was. My you, you hit on the whole point again. You know, not getting stuck in the technology. Although I am actually interested to know how you go about your video marketing, so I'll ask you that <laughs> in a minute. But um, I, I do think it's really important to understand that one of the returns on your marketing investment of the stuff we're talking about, particularly video marketing, yes. podcasting, is you get people calling you. They're calling you. They're calling you cold. They've never met you before, but one of the first things they'll say is, I feel like I know you. Mm. They say to me, hi, Timbo. You know, <laughs> like they'll cite something I've spoken about previously. 
That's powerful because I say this in my keynote talks. I said, I hate selling because I get up on the stage and they go, Timbo, marketing guy, um, must be good selling, you know, must all these kind of, they assume stuff. I go, I hate selling. Love marketing, hate selling. But fortunately, the way I go about marketing makes the selling really easy. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and and uh, I think it is. It's really hard when you're going into small business when you, especially in those initial stages, like oh, how am I going to sell? I can't yeah. sell, yeah. and you feel yeah. like God, should I be cold calling or something like that? But you know, this is okay if you just do simple explanations. And and again, the YouTube channel is reusing content I may have written elsewhere that I just slap up into a PowerPoint presentation, and and I have a Microsoft little video camera which was the most most expensive one in the store it cost me about ninety dollars. A Microsoft, um, oh yeah, like on your, like on your... sorry, a mi- yeah, it's, it's a Microsoft little video camera that a webcam, a webcam, Yuck. a Microsoft webcam. Yeah, the dark side. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we can beat that no, out. Most of my clients are on on oh, PCs, so I have no. to be on PCs. Oh, how can no. I do that? Like, I can't go in if I don't understand how a PC works. So, ninety percent of my clients are on PCs. Um, and uh, that costs like all of $90. It does both um, video and uh, sound, but I'm sure you can suggest something on the uh, Apple that works just as well. And it's so easy uh, to, to, to actually do a recording then. So you hit record on, on, your, uh, on your PC, you talk to your screen basically, and then yes. um, you're downloading it, you, you're, ed- you're doing some editing? I typically I actually run it through I, I perhaps do it a roundabout way but I actually record it using GoToWebinar because it does quite a nice recording for me mm-hmm. I then reformat it so I can also actually simultaneously run a webinar uh, while I'm actually recording my video which which some of them have worked out really successful for me mm-hmm. download it I sometimes have to reformat it slightly and I have the exact uh, I've published exactly how I do that, so I'll, I'll give you a link to that, cool. my blog post on that. Um, I then um, upload it to Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Yeah. I have a paid professional paid subscription to Vimeo, which costs me $199 a year. That allows me to restrict what sites it goes on and put a password on it as well. So I, uh, I for some, so I actually have some paid videos that you pay and access just like uh, right. you, you taught me how to do in the, the, the um, Freedom Ocean video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then I have other ones that just go up into YouTube and just a free-for-all and, and, and if people share them I make sure the starter in the end has a clear this is my video on it so people can't chop it off um, but if it's shared across the interweb that's completely fine um, I let's, use- let's move off the bleeding edge for a minute okay Full I, want to, I, want to, I want to talk a bit old school Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk referral marketing because I know that's okay. another thing that you're you're passionate about, and then yes. you know, as um, as a service provider, professional service providers, um, referrals are powerful. They're cheap if you can get them. They are. Uh, they are. So, what's what's the magic? Where's the magic in in referral? I marketing, think referral right? marketing uh, comes about through a very nurturing a relationship. It's a two way street. It's people understanding you and you understanding people. And um, if someone, if, if I refer someone on to someone else, I'll say I'll say to both parties, you need to come back to me and tell me if something in this relationship goes wrong, so I I am aware of it and and know for future um, outcomes. But I have uh, referral relationships with someone doing what I do. I 
I, I may get an overload of clients that I can't necessarily deal with. Um, so I will uh, just ring those people out there whom I know are completely uh, able to deal with them, maybe in a better geographical location, mm -hmm. maybe a specialist in an area. So I, um, I facilitate the um, Institute of Certified Bookkeepers uh, Brisbane meeting, and I say to the group, tell us what your speciality is so someone else in this room knows that if they need to pass someone on to you because sometimes if you go in and you do accounting for a medical department it, it can be a nightmare and it's better off it's easier if, if the medical specialist deals with that um so if you are a specialist let people know and, and work with that and can, and can it, i just it, say your, yes? your, the point you make which is if if you know there are people out there referring you then I reckon it's incumbent upon you to sit with them and say, hey, first, first of all, thanks. Mm -hmm. Second of all, when you do refer my business, when you do pitch my business to others, just let me just I just want to remind you, here are the two or three things that I'm really good at. Yes. Um, and here's the stuff that I actually really don't like doing and I'm pretty hopeless at. And be, it, be, it was important. Like people, people. Yeah. Some, I think I've said this on the show before. Sometimes I get calls saying, "Hey, Timbo, I've heard heard from someone such and such said call you because you're a social media guru and I want you to speak." And it's like, well, you know what? I know a little bit about social media, but there's so many social media gurus out there. If mm. you're looking for one, it's really not me. I can talk about it and I'll be engaging. But so then I go back to that person who's referred me and say, "Look, don't put me up as a social media guru. Put me up as the small business marketing guy." Yeah. Yes. And yes. then here's the yes. reasons why, and it's, it it just I don't know. It seems to be a, a successful referral marketing strategy to educate yeah. your referrer. And as a small business growing, sort of talking back to the small businesses, you don't want to get pulled away from your specialities because that's what's going to mm. make your life easier and generate you the income that you actually want. And, and and so that what you're saying is really important because sometimes, especially when you're starting out, you're just like, oh, God, if someone's offering me money, I'll do it. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. go out. And yeah. I'll learn how to do it. I'll do yeah. it. And I know I started off like that. I just do anyone, but now it's 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 very restricted in, in who I'm. <laughs> you might want to rephrase that. Okay. We'll just, uh, we'll re <laughs> I would okay. take on any client. Yeah. Any but other now, referral kind of marketing? The other, the other referral thing that was interesting that happened with me was a lot of the men would refer women to me because perhaps they were breastfeeding and uh, they didn't want a man to come to them. So oh, they'd yep. ring them up and say, yep, can, can you send a woman down there? So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and um, we do actively talk about it and we do actively um, – pass a lot of work around and one of the, uh, one of the articles I have written is about cooperation within the industry I don't see anyone out there as my competitor they are all my colleagues and they are all my friends and while you on the outside may perceive other accountants to be in competition with me it would be very rare for me to consider that and my uh, colleagues who are running independent business to me are the best people I can speak to. Mm -hmm. And if you are starting a business, go ring them up, say hello to them, say, say, send them an email. Like, uh, uh, it, it amazes me that someone will start a business and won't actually chat with the other people in the area. Um, we don't have, I know, I know that ballet studios have this thing that you're not allowed to start another ballet studio within so many um, kilometers of another one that's in existence, but accountants are not like that. And um, well, sorry, is that, is that an unwritten rule of ballet schools? Is it? I think that's <laughs> what need to ask about. But that's what Don't. they've told me. When I was at the ballet school and uh, with my daughter, and they said, "Oh, she's opened up 
within the within oh, the kilometer range it. and she's not allowed to um but we're not like that and especially like if you go and, and talk to a very established accountant well he perhaps has got uh maybe a, a newbie ringing around wanting to do some business with him but can't afford him well he can go look you know you can't afford my services why don't you go and try joanne she's new on the block and she'll probably give you a great service so it's a very mature approach that you suggest yeah. heather uh, <laughs> i don't know whether I'd, I'd be interested to know how many people agree with that i i, I kind of get it i also think mm, gee, oh, okay they'll, they'll have to tweet you up there because there's a lot of us out there like if you watch me on twitter many of the people i'm talking to are accountants and uh we're passing work back and forth all the time Geogra and geographically uh close most of the time in a different geographical area, but yeah, that's cool. hol holiday coverage, I have – if I go away on holiday, I need holiday coverage, and so I'll often use a close-by accountant to do that. And I need to know them and they need to know me, So, uh, and, and I am extremely grateful for them to, to be able to do that. Now, listeners, I am talking to the very lovely – Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days author Heather Smith, who is a long-time listener of the show, doing great things with her personal brand and her pen. She is prolific. Well, her <laughs> pen, her, her type, her keyboard. <laughs> now, I want to finish this marketing discussion around professional service-based businesses by talking about WOM, word of mouth. Oh, okay. Which uh, I know you've got a little section in the book on. I don't know whether you've been listening to my show of recent times, but I have a strong view on word of mouth. What's your view? Well, it's interesting because I um, asked the uh, a group that I met with the other day and they said that the strongest recommendations they came from word of mouth. Um, and I find that it is recommendations from people who have used you can be, can be very good. Um, but interestingly, especially in the professional services field, I'm very reluctant to do work with actually my friends because what I'm doing is quite uh, intimate um, in that I'm finding out a lot of information about you and I'm finding out very fast and I it, it's many of my clients are now very good friends of mine but they don't necessarily start off as friends um, but we do uh, do encourage um, word of mouth and uh, um, through meeting people at networks and, and as you were sharing, saying before sharing your specialities you'll sort of go ah oh, so-and-so recommended you. So so I, I know I got through this morning an email from someone who I met a month, a year ago, recommending me to an accountant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, there's a wonderful saying, um, I don't do work with friends, but people I work with become friends or so, yeah. something like that, which I, yeah. I, I think is smart. Yeah, I try to avoid working with friends. I, I, I do my best friend's accounts, but I said to her, you know, you have to be very – I'm very reluctant to do this, and, we, mm. and 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 it has worked out completely fine. But sometimes it can be um, uh, an, an an issue. Yeah. In in your book, the first the first line of your word of mouth section says, "By providing your customers with a memorable experience." And see, I don't think word of mouth is a marketing strategy. It's the outcome of great marketing. You know, oh, like okay. so, if, if you do provide a memorable experience, then someone's yeah. going to go and you know refer you. Yeah, and, and, absolutely. And word of mouth. One other thing that I, I just want to finish on because I, I do love it. And with you, you're the ra you're rational. You're you're organised. You're yes. you know all those things that yes. I'm not. Um, yeah. 
your plan. You have you you your what's it called? A six month marketing forecast. Oh, for okay, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's I've never done one of those, and I've seen really? a few clients recently do it. Um, you know, they know that on that day they're going to write a blog post. On that day they're going to, yeah. you know, they're going to focus on YouTube and this and and like I think that's really admirable. That's interesting because being a, <laughs> a structured accountant, I <laughs> thought that that was something that because um, I, I sometimes maybe necessarily we don't necessarily understand the marketing world, and uh, I thought that that's something that that you would have. Um, I thought that was actually lacking from my own business. So it's interesting that you say say that. Oh, look, I'm I'm probably uh, not in the majority there. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that do have that plan, but um, mm. you know, and I um, yeah. I I, I I guess I thought with you starting off a small business, some of those things you need to, to think about because sometimes like, oh, God, just missed, uh, what's his name, Irish Day, you know? Oh, yeah, St. Patrick. Great. I always, yeah, sorry, St. Patrick's mm. Day. Like I always kind of arrive on the day, oh, I could have done a great campaign if I'd have thought about it two weeks earlier, but I didn't. Yeah, um, yeah wouldn't belt, don't, don't belt yourself up over that. <laughs> <laughs> My St. Patrick's Day promotion. <laughs> yeah, it's always, I always think it's funny, like tying your promotion to a particular public holiday or I don't know, you know, it gives you yeah. some leverage, something to work with, but, you know, yeah, a discussion for another time. Yeah. Um, Can I share with you some really, really quick tips? Well, what, you haven't? You haven't already? <laughs> I know, I've got some I've got that I've got to share with you. Okay, what are your okay. top top three tips for what? Oh, I'll, I'll just ins- insert drum roll and what are they? Top four operational tips, okay. Operational four, tips? Oper- yeah, well, no, no, marketing tips, oh, operational okay. marketing tips. Okay. okay. So these are the first two are writing tips. So when you are writing, there is a fantastic website called www.visualthesaurus.com oh, yeah. and that was the image that I sent through to you on marketing. Yes. It helps you find words when you're writing. The next tip is when you have written, if you have written a blog post, I know we didn't talk about writing blog posts, but if you do write a blog post, drop it into Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E dot net, and it can allow you to generate a word cloud from it and see whether you've talked about, see whether it's on theme and on topic of what you actually think you're writing about. Nice. Okay, because I find sometimes you think you, you thought you were writing about something, but you've not. You've written about something else, yeah, and the yeah. Wordle will help you with that. And then if the Wordle highlights an issue, then you can go back to Visual Thesaurus. And the um, other tip that I had was um, with public speaking, which, again, we didn't talk about, with public speaking, I know you've done heaps of uh, shows on that, which has been fantastic. When you are speaking on stage, don't wear your brand-new special suit or brand-new special suit shoes for the very, very first time because something's bound to go wrong. <laughs> I, lo- I love the randomness of these tips. We have, we've covered a lot of ground in this in this 40-minute interview, Heather, and, and I love the fact that you're finishing on a tip with don't wear new shoes when you public speak. ah have you seen so let's talk to jennifer lawrence about that okay who's she (laughs) she fell over at the oscars when she went to get her best uh, yeah don't want to do that no so what's your fourth random um marketing operations tip you only gave me three i've now got to pull out my i know you have to now you you can't you can't leave me with don't wear new shoes uh okay uh, this was a a tip i won't tell you who told me this but but you have you have hinted to this but 
when you are going to speak on stage, go around the audience and get a story. Oh, yeah. Talk to the people and take a story from the audience and share it on stage to it. Uh, really allow you to quickly connect with the audience. Brilliant tip. Always roll up early. Try and roll up. If you're speaking. Touch every touch, chair. <laughs> touch, touch every chair. Hey, did I tell you that? I thought that was my you secret. I know. I actually taught a public speaking class the other day and I told them that and they looked at me straight. Yeah, yeah. Who, what wacko told you that one? Yeah, that's um, what they said. <laughs> No, well, that's um, there's some wonderful public speaking tips. So the bottom line is be yourself and don't wear new shoes. Yeah. Now, Smithy, you have been a pleasure. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart of, for listening to my show for so long and even quoting it through this interview. I feel a bit chuffed. And <laughs> well done on being prolific. May your back improve. Uh, you may have a lovely rest of the day on your birthday. And um, when you've finished your five books, you're yes. welcome to come back on. Oh, well, that will only be a few months away. Andrew Griffiths will probably be putting me away. <laughs> That's <door>. right. <laughs> oh, he'll be right. He's got a, he's got a thick skin. All right. Thanks, Heather. Thank you so much, Tim. There it is, folks. Another fireside chat in the can, as we say, in the biz. We're not really in the biz, are we? We're just doing a podcast. Uh, but another fireside chat dripping with marketing gold from Heather Smith. I really encourage you to um, go and buy Learn Small Business Startup in Seven Days if you are in the early days of your business, because um, there is a lot to glean from it. I will put a link to it in the show notes of episode 135. Just go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. There is a search box there, key in Heather Smith, key in episode 135. You will find it either way. Um, lots coming up, guys, in the coming weeks. Got a really good interview next week with Daniel Flynn from Thank You Water. I've been mentioning this um, in previous weeks and get a bit of a chuckle over the fact that do we really need another water brand? But um, Daniel has good reason to bring it to market and he's cranking out some really interesting marketing. So um, really look forward to that, plus some lots lots of other goodies as well. Thank you to Net Registry for being a part well, for making this show happen, really. And um be sure to go and check them out, netregistry.com.au. And I will hopefully see you inside the Small Business Big Marketing Forum where we can continue the marketing discussion throughout the week. Until next time, may your marketing be the best marketing. See you later. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.